You know, everything in the Catholic Church that's important has a Latin name. Latare Sunday, that's the official name. Latare, and it doesn't mean rejoice. It means rejoice. It's in the imperative. It is rejoice. So in the middle of the somber season of Lent, all the purple, we lighten the purple up just a little bit, and the first words to you are rejoice. In today's gospel for this fourth Sunday of Lent, Jesus and his followers pass by a man born blind, blind from birth. And Jesus is asked, what sin caused the man to be this way? Was it his own sin or was it the sin of his parents? Jesus replies that his medical condition has nothing to do with sin. But Christ turns this encounter into what is now called a teachable moment, and he works a miracle. He tells his followers, I am the light of the world, and then transforms that, that metaphor, that image, into a reality bringing light to a man born in physical darkness. The importance of having not just eyesight, but having spiritual vision and true enlightenment is underscored in today's first reading. When Samuel is cautioned by God not to see people as people see people on the outside, but to see as God sees. That is true for us as it was true for Samuel. Light is a key image as well in this story, but especially in St. Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And that's our second lesson. When St. Paul reminds them that you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Now think about that first sentence construction. You were once darkness. It doesn't, he doesn't say, at some point in time, you used to be in the dark, but now you see. No. He says, you were once darkness. You weren't just in the problem. You were the problem. Now think about that one for just a minute. It's not that you were just, uh, you know, a passerbyer who happened to fall into a world that was born dark. You are part of the problem. And Christ Jesus has stepped into your situation by the waters of baptism so that you may live as children of light. That you are no longer part of the problem. You, my friends, are called to be part 
of the solution. As a side note, interesting, Jesus works a miracle by using clay. This seems to echo the 18th chapter of the book of the prophet Jeremiah, in which God reveals that Israel is like clay in his hands, which he can destroy or rebuild. Ever worked with a potter's wheel? No, the potter throws the clay on the wheel, starts the process. Mm, it's just not going quite right. Those sides just aren't where the potter wants them. Stops the wheel, grabs it, needs it, begins the process again. God can do that in our lives if we only ask. He can put that old person back in his hands, knead it, and start again. We're the only people who preach that we have the opportunity in God's hands to start again. So Jesus is not just giving sight to the man born blind, but he is reshaping this man as his disciple. One ophthalmic physician has noted that about 80% of everything we learn comes through our eyes. What we grasp, what we understand, what we know to be real is very often rooted in what we can see. To be unable to see suggests that our ability to understand is at least incomplete, if not deeply flawed. At the same time, we need to recognize that folk who are physically blind often have, shall we say, enhanced sensory perceptions and mental capacities beyond sighted people. For instance, they listen far better than we sighted people with more intentionality. They can understand sentences with complex grammatical constructions that we sighted people simply get lost in the commas. To see fully, at least from a physiological perspective, demands light. Light does more than dispel shadows. It adds color, shadow, depth, definition. We can have ser this can have serious implications for someone who is born blind, inhibiting personal growth, psychological development, and even impacting social and economic opportunities. Loss of vision or a life of blindness can have a profound impact on mental health. Oftentimes, blind persons fall into depression, anxiety, social isolation, and fear. But what happens when Christ Jesus enters the scene? 
When Jesus meets the man born blind, he shows in a powerful and dramatic way what it means when he announces that he is the light of the world. In giving this man his sight, Jesus does more than restore one of his senses. Jesus also gives him the ability to understand more fully and literally to have a vision of the world around him, which this man has never comprehended because the blindness was from birth. Kind of sounds like us in a way, doesn't it? We weren't born physically blind, but we were born spiritually blind. The church calls it original sin. Original sin. You know, today, there are so many people in our world who just don't want to think about that. Oh, that's just, no. No, how could a church teach that kind of thing? A little baby, just a little baby. How could this child be filled with original sin? Yet we know if we leave that child to his or her own ways, they never quite get the connection the way they do after baptism and with parents and godparents and grandparents to teach them a more excellent way. Giving this man vision also gives him the power to discern color and new complexities of the world revealed through his sight. In scattering the darkness that has overwhelmed this man from birth, Jesus also potentially dispels his fear of the unknown. Who of us wants to walk into a dark basement or a dark attic? Or for that matter, even a dark house. The first thing we want to do is turn on some light. Finally, Jesus makes it possible for this man to have his dignity restored. In God's eyes, there was no question about his dignity. But like the prophet Samuel in the first reading, too often we do not see as God sees. And so we tend to diminish the value of a person who has lost his or her sight. In the context of first century Israel, to restore this man's sight was to enable him to become part of a society newly enabled to recognize his worth as a human being so that he might no longer be treated as or feel like an outcast. You know, in this, in, towards the end, there's this interchange with the, the, the Pharisees. Is that the man? No, he just kind of looks like him. Boy, there, there's a real sense of building up one's self-worth. No, no, that's not him, but kind of looks like him, I guess. But then again, he was a beggar. Born blind, and I never paid much attention to what he looked like anyway. I just dropped a coin in his can, and 
and walked on. Responding to Jesus brings vision, clarity, and light. So now I'm going to say that magic word, which the choir sits on pins and needles hoping to hear. Finally, this miracle affirms Christ's miraculous power to transform those who are wounded, broken, and living in darkness here making it possible for a blind man to see for the first time in his life. Bringing light, Jesus brings clarity, understanding, and truth. God's first recorded words in the opening book of Genesis are, let there be light, find fulfillment and their ultimate meaning in Jesus Christ. Scientists tell us that the lens of the eye helps focus light and sharpen what we are able to see. In a similar way, when we perceive life through a Christ lens, we see the world differently. Not all blindness is physical, my friends. And certainly all people who are physically blind do not think of themselves as living in darkness. Both the sighted and the visually impaired need to ask, in what ways are we living in darkness? What social and spiritual shadows do we need Christ to dispel? How can Christ help us more fully grasp what we need to know and ultimately as children of light, we are commissioned to not only walk in light, but to shine light on every darkness and support all who wish to live in the light of Christ. And so this day, I bid you ask Jesus to heal your blindness, your emotional, spiritual, psychological blindness. Ask God to help you see, not as Samuel saw, just on the outside, but as God sees every human being. Amen.